dreamers A happy, scrappy group of believers So come, play a part There's room for mistakes and masses and art Who cares if there's not many takers We're doing it for the makers Hey everybody, welcome to the For The Makers podcast. We are so excited that you are here today listening to us babble about art and stories and all of the things. We hope it inspires you and gets you either seeing a show or making art. Um, Yeah, we are excited that you are here. As a quick reminder, um, we do uh, put out our podcast on every second and fourth Friday of the month. So keep a lookout for that. Hit us with a subscribe, comment on wherever you are listening to this podcast, whether it be Spotify or um, Apple Music. If you are liking this content, we like making it. So give us give us a little uh, comment. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the way that works? A review. A review, if you will, uh, about our show. Um, but... I hope you know this by now, but I'm one of your hosts, <laughs> <laughs> Leah Beth Etheridge, and I'm here along with the one and only Rachel Gifford. Wow. I, I say, <laughs> I'm like, I am the one and only. Actually, I'm really not. If you were to search Rachel Gifford, a lot of other people would pop up. <sighs> I just love that that's what I've coined you from now on. You are the one and only. <laughs> that's it. That, that you are. Um, but we have... You guys, we have an incredible guest on our podcast today. He is such a dear friend of ours, and we love him so much, and we cannot wait for you to be him. So, Rachel, uh, will you give us a little intro into who this is? Yes. Our um, guest on the podcast today is Ryan Dunn. He is originally from Alabama and now based in New York City. He's a singer, songwriter, arranger, musician, actor, and dancer. That is a lot of disciplines, and my he people. does them all very, very well. And he does them all. I, we can get to that later. So, <laughs> let me read you his bio, which is just so great. Ryan Dunn is an NYC-based actor, singer-songwriter, and arranger. Professional acting credits include Lori and Little Women, the musical, Prentice and Peter and the Star Catcher, Luke slash Dust Bunny, and Dory Phantasmagory, and featured performer in Revelation, the musical, which was off-Broadway. Songwriting and arranging credits include his original concept album, A Seasonal Playlist, uh, which was he did his debut concert of that at Green Room 42. Um, arrangements for Shakespeare's The Tempest, original music for Hepzibah House Ministries, and Christmas arrangements for Church of the City, New York. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like so cash so because cash. Ryan is one of our like nearest and dearest friends. And we met you, what, in 20... 2018 yeah okay so lb and i had both been here for a year and then ryan moved and how did we did we meet you through the hang yes so i had just moved to the city um that summer and i had i knew one person in the city and that was ellen collier who's just incredible choreographer friend of the Um, podcast ellen collier friend of the pod um and she connected me with LB and that got me connected with the hang. And then I was just like, I just like dove into the community within maybe like two or three weeks of being in the city. It was 
So great. And oh we've been best friends ever since. Ever since. And we've been best friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Ellen, it truly shout out is. to you. We love you. We've mm. been through many iterations. Many. Really over, the, mm. over the years. <laughs> it's kind of wild to think like, yeah, where we've all, the journeys we've all been on, kind of crazy. Mm. Um, actually, Ellen Ryan, LB and I were all hanging out last night. And it was like such a joyful time. We so went and grabbed Chipotle. <laughs> so good. And we didn't. We went and ate our dinner down by the river. Um, it was and beautiful Park, night. Oh watched the sunset. It was. I mean, like just so romantic. The most for us for the most romantic. <laughs> I don't know outing. if I would use the words romantic. I was we like <laughs> talked shop the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> we were all like, we're tired, <laughs> and then we were talking about projects and. Uh, anyway. Yeah. And then we got the most important thing. Oh, ice cream, mm-hmm. which is oh, Van Loo and ice Van cream. Van Loo and ice cream. Yeah. It was incredible. New York Correct. city treasure. So good. I should not be having dairy, but I chose the but dairy alas. option and, um, yeah. I paid for it, but I really yeah. enjoyed it. Okay. So Ryan, you moved here right after college. Yes. And you were here for two years and then the pandemic hit mm-hmm. and then you went back to school. I did. What was that journey like? Oh my gosh, it was crazy. Um, so yeah, so I had been, uh, I had originally uh, graduated my my undergrad with a musical theater degree. And so like I moved to New York, you know, one of those Broadway hopefuls, like I was, I was full on, like I was booking the work, I was yeah. doing the things, you know, and it was pretty nice. Um, and then you know, March, 2020, everything just like shuts down and I'm whisked away back to my family's home in South Alabama, which was, you know, I love them so much. And it was, they are good people to be around, but I was like, this is not what I planned. Mm -hmm. I'm in my twenties and I'm living with my parents again for who knows how long, like I have no work. Um, And so I was just like, just bumming around and the job that I was working at the time was tied with like the theater industry and, Mm -hmm. and with Broadway. And so I was constantly being like, okay, so like whenever theater comes back and whenever Broadway comes back, I'll be right back in the city and we'll be doing our thing. Um, and then like a few weeks into March passes and it's like, okay, we may come back in the summer. And I'm like, okay. And so we get into the summer and then you just hit a point where they were like, we might come back 2021, but we just don't know. Um, And uh, at that point I was just like, oh my gosh, like, am I ever going to get back to the city? Am I ever going to be able to like return to my life? Um, And so I, what was wild is I had just, I'd been going through a lot right before the pandemic. So I had uh, uh, gotten a therapist, mm-hmm. um, which we like, love, we love a therapy. We love here. a therapy. Yes. And it was right time, right place because that therapist stuck with me through the entire pandemic. Let's she go. got to hear so much. Oh, um, God bless the therapist. God bless really. the therapist. If you're a therapist out there listening to this pod, we, we love, love you. you. We <laughs> love you so much. We thank you. We need you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she, there literally it was one day so i in south alabama is my alma mater university of mobile is where i got my undergraduate degree um and so it's pretty close 
to my home there and I'm connected with it. Um, and I was thinking, I was like, you know, maybe someday I might get my graduate degree, but like somewhere else, you know, I got to branch out. Like I, you know, I'll go to like NYU or I'll, you know, I'll go somewhere fancy mm -hmm. in, in the Northeast. And, um, I'm just down in the South and the same day that like Broadway sent out the news that it was like, um, we're not going to come back until next year. So, ha ha. Um, luck. good yeah. luck. And I'm like, okay, so I'm stuck in Alabama for a year. Yeah. Um, one of my friends who I had graduated from undergrad with, she had, um, well, I graduated before her, she had stuck around and then she just planned on going to a master's degree at the same university. Um, and she would be starting that fall. And she just hit me up and she was like, Hey, kind of joking, but also not joking. Would you want to do this one year master's of arts and musical theater degree with me at university of mobile? And I was like, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I might think Maybe about yeah. it. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And, um, and then I had a therapy session that afternoon. So it was just like, I just like walk in like into the session being like, we have a lot to process today. Um, she's like, okay. Uh, but I like, yeah, it just ended up being this. It was totally unplanned, but it was just this gift that was being handed to me because I had like, I'm living off of unemployment. I'm in my family's house with my siblings and we're crowded and yeah. I have no purpose. Like I am truly sitting around and I um, was just looking at this and like, I know these people there's, there's like strong educators here. It's a one year program. What else am I going to do? Like serve Starbucks, but right. also pandemic time Starbucks for a year and hope that I get up to New York and don't hate my life too much. Totally. It was, it was just like, okay, no, like I need to, I need to receive this potential gift. And so like right. hmm. I applied and I looked into it and they were like, like they had already kind of filled up their cohort, but they were like, absolutely. Like by all means, like audition and like, it's a crazy time. And we, you know, you're an alumni. We'd love to have you. We know you, you're great. Uh, and so then I moved, had, taken a little quick trip back to New York to move out of my apartment officially, like everything out. And I did my little self tape audition there in oh my, gosh. my near empty apartment at the time for this master's program and then got accepted and then just like dove right in. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. And then you moved back in, in, a year later. So, so it was 2022, August, 2021. Okay. Yeah. Yes. My timeline gets so screwed up so when I'm talking good. about COVID. Well, mm -hmm. it's because yeah. we've all been blipped. So like, the <laughs> yeah. past, how it feels. like Oh my gosh. The, the years yes. from 2020 to 2023 truly are just a blur. Yeah. Like it, nothing, everything was happening and nothing was happening. Mm -hmm. Like we were all just trying to survive. Yeah. So like the timeline is a, is a little, yeah, it can right. be a little off. I, okay. I'm Ryan. I'm so fascinated by your like artistic, uh, just trajectory because mm -hmm. you moved here. Like you said, very musical theater, like 
uh, musical theater focused. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Musical theater minded, musical theater focused. And then you go back to school for a year and then you come back and all of these like things have happened that have just led you into songwriting. Yeah. And did you do arranging before you started songwriting like for different mm. like projects? But you you somebody in your family it, is a musical. Yes. So my dad, uh-huh. he is an instrumental orchestrator, okay. arranger, composer, mm-hmm. um, was involved a lot in like the, the nineties, two thousands when you, and like eighties, nineties, two thousands, like the peak of a lot of church orchestras, mm-hmm. um, in some of these bigger churches, he would, he would really make a lot of arrangements mm-hmm. for those kind of, um, places. Mm-hmm. And so, he has like tons of experience arranging like all sorts of classic hymns and just also just composing his own things. Mm. Um, and so I've been kind of like around that yeah. forever. Um, and so, yeah, but I, for me, arranging, arranging and songwriting, I think songwriting came first. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that? Like what, what was it that made you start writing? It was, oh, it, so I can like trace it back to like one night specifically. Wow. That's Whoa, cool. That's cool. Yeah, no, it's crazy. So I, fun fact, never considered myself a songwriter. I literally would tell people, I'm like, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. That's just like not what I do. That's not who I am. I interpret works. I'm an actor. I'm a singer. I'm happy to like take the music that you make and like, mm-hmm have fun with it. I can remember you saying this to me. Yeah. I, no. I interpret other people's yeah. creation. That's just so funny to That's me. So wild. Yeah. It's just so weird. Continue mm-hmm. with the story for the people. Right, right, right. Um, and so I, yeah, I just like so much was like, this is not who I am. I will not do this. Although at the same time, I'm walking around here being like, I would want to be one of those Broadway stars who also branches out and makes an album, but I don't want to do like the jazz standards, like show tunes album. I want it to be all original music, but I won't write it. Like, it's just like, what? Um, and, uh, but I was in a show. I was in revelation, the musical Mm -hmm. off Broadway. It was off Broadway debut. Um, it was just such a, it was a beautiful process. It was um, like, I had, I had done some professional work before and it was just really hard and it had really put like a really cynical taste in my mouth for the industry. And I stepped into this environment and it was just like beautiful and healing. Um, and the creative team was just so intentional to create like a healthy space for the actors mm-hmm. to be like celebrated and for the work to be um, put together in just the best way possible. And I just remember one night, like just being filled with such creativity and also just like such emotion for this like cast and crew that I've been working alongside. And I'm sitting in my apartment and I'm like, I just have to get these feelings out, but I like, I don't know what to do. Um, and I, like it felt like just like God, like like speaking into me, just being like, you need to just write it out. And I'm yeah. like, okay. And so I wrote poems. I wrote like 
three, maybe four poems, complete poems that night. I stayed up until like three or four in the morning. I had a friend who was living on the other side of the world at the time. And I like texted him and I was like, hi, do these suck? Um, <laughs> That's like what anybody who writes something wants to know first. Like, just tell me, just tell just, me if it sucks. It. Just say yeah. it's terrible. It's okay if it does. Just, just yeah. tell me. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Um, and I'm just like, yeah. It's like, do these suck? And he was like, um, no, they don't. And he was, a, he's a very honest friend. So like, I trust him when he says this, but he was like, they don't suck. And like, maybe you should do more. And I was like, what? Um, and so then I just started writing poetry. Um, and then continuing on in with this like revelation crew, um, I'm like starting to share some of my poetry to my castmates and whatnot. And some of them are like, this seems like there should be music behind it. And I'm like, huh. That's interesting. Um, and that was the first time I was like, oh, oh, like, I don't know. Like these, there, it, it's something that I could do. Mm-hmm. I guess I so quickly like shut myself down mm-hmm. from being a songwriter. Cause it's also like when you do a creative thing that is entirely from you, there is like so much risk of like, yeah. just really like you you put yourself out there and you could put yourself out there and it's like entirely rejected. And it's like, right. oh, actually you're just like really bad at this, right. but you really put your heart and soul into that. So we're just going to like really crush you with that. Um, <laughs> yeah. there's, Cause there's yeah. like nobody to blame. <laughs> but like, right. Exactly. Yeah. Cause like if you, if you're in a show or like, you know, you're given some material to do and people are like, that was not good. Like right. you can be like, well, the material's not good. Right. But if you wrote the material, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing to hide behind. You right. have nobody to blame but yourself. It's just, just me. Yep. But I just had so many encouraging voices like come alongside me and be like, okay, well, like, I mean, all, a lot of people were like, oh no, like this is really good. You should continue. But I think what was most encouraging for me is to, for people who were just like, well, it doesn't suck. Right, right, right. And you're like, good, 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 <laughs> good, 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 cool. So like, let's so move true. on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was like, it doesn't even have to be incredible, but like, as long as it's not like embarrassing myself, right, right, like right, this right. is good. Um, <laughs> but I just, I had so many people who were like, yeah, no, I think you should put music to it. And I'm like, okay. And then I'd come up with something small and I'd share it to those same trusted friends and the same, does this suck? Um, followed by the same, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. You should keep yeah. doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I just kept doing it and then I just started to fall in love with it. Wow. Yeah. And now you've debuted, <laughs> like, an, what would you call it? Like an album, basically? Yeah, essentially. At in a live concert mm-hmm. and you played with a full band Yeah, and okay. So maybe now let's go back to our question. Number one, which mm-hmm. is what got you're trying to say something. No, no, no. I was just saying, I think that we semi answered the question in terms of like what the, the first question, you know, is like how, what got you into the arts and would you say it's your, your family? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Cause I was just like raised around music all the time. Right. Cause your dad is an arranger and a, yeah. yeah. And you took piano from a young age, right? I did. Yes. So you had this like basic music theory. 
Right. And like, my, and my dad, you know, works in music theory all the time. Mm -hmm. My parents put me and all of my siblings in piano at a young age, partly because they were like, we just want you to have an understanding of music. We also want to see if this is something you're going to enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't, that's okay. You just need to do it for a year. But also like, <laughs> they're just like the most like methodical people, but they're also like, we have also seen all of the research where if you understand music, then you get better at math yep. and also just school. So this will just be good for you all around. Yeah. So like do it. And so I was in for a year and then I was like, actually, I really like this. And then I just kept going, kept going. Yeah. See, I wish I was like that. I know <laughs> I took piano for four years and it was really my poor parents. My mom really had to drag me to those oh, lessons. No. <laughs> Sorry, I know. mom. Sorry, Sorry, Tina. Yeah. Yeah. We, I did piano for a year and I hated it <laughs> because I have really tiny, I have small hands. And so it was really hard for my fingers to reach all the keys. And I really hated it. Oh, no. And then I was like, I'm going to take guitar and I'm going to be all like moody guitar girl vibes. And because so then uh, if piano's hard with the small hands, then guitar, guitar is going to be a lot easier. <laughs> so then I took guitar and I, again, I liked guitar better, but I definitely, was not good. And then I was like sports. And then I did that for the rest of the time. Yeah, so like sports. all of us have had so, as kids, I do think that especially it's taking a little bit of a left, mm. but in like the digital age that we live in right now, I do think thinking about kids who are growing up, they, if your parents, like if you, if you're a parent really consider putting your kid into some sort of art lessons, oh, yeah. whether that be singing, dancing, musicianship um, of some sort. It's just beneficial. As you were just saying, like, mm -hmm. even if it's just they do it for a year and then it's like, that was fun and they move on. Mm -hmm. Just the benefits in the long run for them will be really, right. really great. Obviously, as three artists sitting in this, <laughs> yeah. in yes. this room, none of us gave up on it completely. Yeah. Indeed. So... Ryan, why mm. do you think the arts are important other than just being better at math? <laughs> being better at math. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. I so many things. Um, I think, like, they, they just make the world better. <laughs> mm. um, they teach us empathy, like... And, and for me, like storytelling is kind of the biggest artistic medium that I um, communicate in mm -hmm. um, and enjoy. Uh, and so like the amount of times that my scope has been broadened by like stories from people who like don't share my experience um, that I like never would have met or just I never would have even known that this is a reality in the world that we live in mm -hmm. had I not seen art made by like just people around the world and also just people in my own neighborhoods um and so it's like yeah it just it builds your empathy it makes life better I I mean I think there's so many people that we go to an art form is one of the first things that we're going to go to for comfort, whether that is music or that is a television show, um, storytelling, wh whether that is to the theater, um, to the movies, to like just 
looking at some beautiful work of art, even just the way people are like, oh, it's really calming for me to just like do a paint by numbers or just like a little coloring, do a little, I'm like the toys that we play with Legos, like mm-hmm. you can make art with mm-hmm. all of these things. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just like our capacity for beauty and for joy and fun and play. It's like, we're just, we're reminded of like the very human parts of us mm. in art. So, yeah. Get that tattooed on my forehead. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, that's a, that's a lot. Like, no, but the way that you just dictated that, like we're reminded of the most human parts of us through art. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just, it's funny. Cause again, it's like, I think about that and I'm like, well, do we, it's this bizarre thing where you're like, so what, do we just like not feel human sometimes? But yeah, we don't, we don't feel like humans sometimes. And isn't that strange? Mm -hmm. Like, what is it about life that sometimes makes us feel so disconnected from our human nature? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think too, like, if you if you don't know what it's like to be human, you forget that other people are humans too. And you don't know what it's like for them to be humans. Mm. And the amount of like just horrible things in the world of like the dehumanization of people. Yeah. Um, like it I think it goes both ways. Like when like you dehumanize someone in a way you dehumanize yourself as well because like you forget that they share these traits that you also have within you mm-hmm. like this autonomy this this emotional capacity this like creative um potential and um like this future this past this story and so i think like yeah like we need to remember like oh we're humans it's like, and, and we feel things and we experience things and like we have this potential for goodness and we, we need to know that and we need to know that like we're also not the only ones. Mm-hmm. Like every person is this way. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, just, just how desperately this and everyone needs that. Yeah, it's like almost art is a way of reminding us of these, these things that, yeah, you're so right. Because if if this human experiences the same thing as me, and it's it, then it comes down to the whole like, well, how do I want to be? How do I want to be treated in in with that in mind? Right. And then how can I then show this person that and treat them with dignity and respect and honor and all of all of these things that we crave for ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. But anyway. Right, and not even like, yes, all the things that we we crave for ourselves, even and being able to do that, even if I disagree with that person, right, totally, or even if I don't see eye to eye with that person, because they're human too, because they're human beings, and you know, it's funny we're talking about this because um, Rachel and I are big fans of Ted Lasso, (laughs) and um, they talk about this in the just most recent episode, Roy Kent, who's one of the managers of the soccer team goes to a press conference and one of the players 
goes into long story short, one of the players goes into the stands because of something that was said in, in the stands mm. and he tries to fight this fan and it becomes this whole big thing. And the press is like, you know, Roy walks into the press room and they're all like, Roy, tell us why did he do that? You know, it kind of becomes this frenzy of questions and eventually he quiets everybody down. He, gets one question it's like do you approve of what your player did is kind of the question mm. and roy he goes through this whole explanation about how like basically what we're talking about how um people who make art so whether that's you know on tv if we're watching a show or you know celebrities or um even just the human being on the, in the subway next to us mm. like we forget, we don't know what's going on in each other's lives. And we we forget that people are human and they have a lot of things going on. So if we're gonna jeer at them or make harsh comments at them, or if we're just going to like put something onto them that might not be true or whatever it may be, it's purely because we just forget that they're humans too. Mm -hmm. right. And they deserve honor and respect and all of those things um, because they, like you just said, have something innate within them that mm -hmm. needs to be respected. And so that's just, it's just funny. It just reminded me of that yeah. whole situation with Roy. Um, mm. Go watch that scene if you haven't seen the yeah. most recent episode of Ted Lasso. But Got yeah, it. it's a beautiful yeah. moment. Yeah. So Ryan, what keeps you grounded as a human? We're what talking about, me grounded? you know, human beings being connected to their humanness. Mm -hmm. What keeps you grounded? Oh, man. Um, for me, I... Oh. It's, it's, it's the people in my life, but it's also just like God, like I have, um, getting very spiritual because I just love to do that really fast. Um, like love it. I was, and I know that this is like, it's honestly, it's a rare experience, which is like such a shame. Um, but I was raised in like, a great home. Um, both my parents have like really fought for their marriage and for each other and they love each other. But like, they've also like our whole family, like has been through so much trial. Um, but they have just held onto their faith and they have grown in it. And they like really stewarded, um, their leadership with me and my siblings, um, to show us the example of like, hey, like we believe in a God who is sovereign, who loves us, uh, who takes care of us, who provides for us. Um, and like he, we pray to him and we can be honest with him. And like, here's the way that he's like looking out for us. Hmm. And here's the way like he's looking out for you. And it's it was huge for me seeing that um, and growing in that and then like asking my own questions about um, God and, and, and life and, and figuring out like what, what is my relationship to this um, assumed creator of the universe. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, like just to see like my, you know, like I said, my dad is also an artist, like, mm -hmm. and the artist's life, no matter what kind of art, artist you are is full of lots of questions and a lot of inconsistency. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and when you don't have something to ground you, you're just like a hot mess. Like you're just, you're so stressed. Wait, 
I've had so many days where it's like, I don't know where the next paycheck's coming from. I don't know where I'm going to live sometimes. Mm -hmm. I don't know what my job is going to be. I don't know when I'm going to get another creative opportunity. And I've just like grown through the years and seen through the years, just this constant, like there, there is this God who I can talk to anytime I am stressed out of my mind, who will listen, who will provide truth and grounding and anchoring um who is like who takes care of me Mm -hmm. and and he doesn't take care of me conditionally like he he doesn't um there is no like well you know if you're doing everything perfectly then maybe i'll like give you something like the amount of times he has been like so good to take care of every one of my needs when i have been the hottest mess in my life um i'm just like oh like we're going to be okay. Right. And so I feel like with so much of my uh, artistic journey, but also just like my day to day in life, whenever there is so much change, whenever there is so much like, I don't know what's coming next, or I don't know how my rent will be paid for this yeah. month, or, or I don't know um, what the right thing is to do next with my art. And I've like had so many people, you know, especially as a songwriter with, I have creative things that I have made and there's like copyright fears and like, who's going to screw you over and like, um, make you record a song and then take all the rights to it. Like, like there's just like all this like fear and distrust. Mm. And I'm like, okay, well I've been chatting it up with God and uh, I've been getting a lot of really good wisdom and he's been leading me to the right people and I don't have to force any of this and I don't have to, um, make anything happen on a timeline by my schedule. Yeah. Um, pandemic has proved to me (laughs) my (laughs) own timeline and my own schedule is just like, it doesn't really matter in the face of the world. Like, um, and so like, I just, yeah, I just, it's always back to faith in like faith in Christ. Like just, he is, he has always been so good to me and he's been so good to my family. Mm. Um, and anytime I'm a hot mess, I go right back to him. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that so much. I, yeah, it's just, I was, um, I follow this poet on Instagram. Mm. I promise this is relevant. Um, <laughs> I'm ready. I it never is. It never is. It never is. Um, I follow this poet on Instagram and I really love his stuff. He's just very honest mm. in the way that he, um, talks about life. He's just very honest. And he wrote a poem that he put up on Instagram the other day and it came up on my feed about faith. Mm. And it's, he, he, the opening line of the poem is, um, some men have faith like bricks and they can build houses with them and they don't fall. Mm. But I have faith like Swiss cheese that is limpy and full of holes. (laughs) And he talks about how like, there are some people, the people who stand on faith, they're, they're unmovable. And then the ones of us who have faith like Swiss cheese, you know, that life can feel so uncertain Mm -hmm. and you know how that can shift and change. And sometimes your bricks get holes blown in them. And then it's like, okay, so how do we rebuild from there? And what you talking about that just reminded me of that poem of like, you know, I long to have faith like bricks, Mm -hmm. you know, that you can build a house with, you can build something sturdy with, Right. but it is a reality that lots of people have faith like Swiss cheese 
And it's like, okay, how do we, especially as artists, where you're getting so much rejection, you're getting so many, you know, so much of yourself being put out there and constant fear of, Mm -hmm. like you said, who's going to screw you over? Who's going to, who's going to run off with your idea? You know, um, all of these different aspects of the reality of being an artist, not only in New York city, just in life Mm -hmm. comes with a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of anxiety, you know, having your faith to stand your feet on be like, okay, like at least if everything else goes to the crapper, at least this is solid. Right. It's just incredible. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel like that aspect of, um, you know, there's like the stereotypes of being the, uh, you know, poor artist and, <laughs> which is, maybe which, I I mean, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it's true. That yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of like, it's almost a cliche though, right? So it's right. like, we talk about it theoretically, mm-hmm. but I don't think that, um, we often sit with the other aspects of being an artist that can feel lonely or Mm -hmm. scary or vulnerable. And, um, it's just one of those things where you realize, okay, this life, like, yeah, I do. Like, I, I don't just want something that grounds me. I need something that grounds Mm -hmm. me. That's solid ground because this, this life is Christy. Christy. It is um, like, yeah, it's just chaotic. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I do think that we, I mean, I'll speak for myself. I have seen people work in this industry or work as an artist and continually be putting themselves out there with no solid ground. And then eventually oh, yeah. they either just burn out and they just have nothing left to give because they realize that it's not, they're not getting anything back. It's mm-hmm. just like they give and they give and they give. And then even if they're at the height of their game, it's like, okay, here we are. Mm-hmm. You know, it says this is Taylor's oldest time. I mean, we look at, you know, big stars throughout history. And this is just kind of the repeated thing is like people at the top of their game figure out, oh, something is not right. Right. <laughs> Madeline. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, I was talking to a friend the other day and just to your point, um, well, it's a little bit more of kind of a side, side comment. Love it. Give the comment. But I just, in life, like I, there are always sacrifices. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, as, and we all know that, like the three of us sitting here, like coming to New York, doing what we, going toward what we want to do. Um, there are sacrifices that we're making, um, in order to do that. Flip side of that, you make the decision to not because you decide those sacrifices are not, they don't, they, they're not right or they mm-hmm. right. are, they're, they're wrong for me, right? Mm-hmm. But then you're sacrificing what you want to do for these other reasons. Like right. there's always, yeah. no matter how you shake it, there's always sacrifices. And um, I think about that a lot with the burnout thing. Or with the just like 
you know, there's all these people that we think of at like, they're at the top of their game and it's like, well, yeah, they're at the top of their game. But again, the human thing, we don't know what they've sacrificed to be there. And we don't know if that is difficult for them or if that is, or if they feel like they're missing something else or I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, <laughs> I say the grass is always greener like every other day of my life because mm-hmm. I just think that, that we are so that way, especially as artists and thinking about where we want to be and what we want to do. And I think we can idealize these things. Oh, yeah. Um, and we don't realize, okay, yes, well, that sounds amazing. And while it is amazing to experience, they come with sacrifices. Mm. I used to say consequences, but then I was like, I don't like how that has such a negative connotation to it because sacrifices are good sometimes. Like, right. Right. And I guess you can have good consequences as well. But I just think that, yeah, it's just a good way to, it's a good reminder. Anyway, Mm. it is a very good reminder. And it's, it's so, it's interesting you say that Rach, because I feel like your music Ryan dictates mm. that reality very clearly. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The complexities. The complexities. It's mm. never, it is simple, but it's not simple. <laughs> right? Let it be, will be, will be. <laughs> right? That that one, okay. So that one lyric. So I, I wrote a song called B. Um, and, it's and on Instagram. It's on there. Um, but the chorus the chorus slash the tag uh whatever i name i chose to give that thing um (laughs) is literally just like what will be will be will be Mm -hmm. um and that was just like a comfort that i needed for myself in writing the song it was like i felt like so crappy and i'm just trying to write a song and i'm like i'm just such a terrible songwriter i'm just like so bad at this and so i literally wrote this song as an encouragement to myself to just write the dang thing. Like literally the whole song, some of the lyrics changed as it got developed, but it was literally like, if this song sucks, at least you made the song. Like that was what it was. But like, it was just this repetition of like, what will be, will be, will be. Like it just like, what will be, will be. And like, we just like keep going. And the amount of times I've had people sing that slash say that one line back to me, my mom loves to tell me that one, and like, like the words I, I wrote hate this. Yeah. over and over again like when using I'm it against you. Yeah. She's like, well, Ryan, what will be, will be. I'm like, okay, yes, awesome, thank you. Um, <laughs> You're like, I get it, I get it. <laughs> I love that. It's mm-hmm. always, I think that's such a funny, like as, like the words that you write, are almost like mental notes for yourself in the future. Like yeah. it's just, you know, mm. you got to preach to yourself sometimes. You really do. Um, okay, Ryan. Yes. Next question is what person, place, or experience has shaped you the most creatively? Oh, person, place, or experience. That's such a good question. I know you want to say me. I absolutely do. I okay, absolutely but do. gentle listener. I don't listener, want to break LB's heart. It's okay. I understand. <laughs> See, gentle listener, you, you need to understand <laughs> that um, Rachel Gifford and, and Ryan Dunn, as you know, because you hear Rachel's beautiful music every single time you listen to this Which podcast. Which is so good. I'm just jamming into the bop. intro before we even started exactly. today. I'm like, ooh, this is so good. Every single person who comes and does an interview with us, always has a reaction every <laughs> so single good. time and it's wonderful but 
at Ryan's concert um, for his album, Rachel and Ryan wrote a song together that was stunning. And I'm gentle listener. You just comment down below and just get them to write an EP together. I've been pushing this for a hot minute and they're both really annoyed with me probably by this point. But I, I just think this collaboration is just wonderful. Sorry. That's a side note. So I, it's okay that you don't say me because we all know that it is Rachel Gifford. Mm. Continue. <laughs> Oh Wait, goodness. hold on. Can I just give Ryan a compliment really quickly? Oh gosh. Please. Oh my gosh, please. Um, and then we'll get back to the question. Okay. Um, I had the best time writing with Ryan and mm-hmm. let's face it. Ryan came in way more prepared than I did oh every time. Cause he's just kind of brilliant with his guitar, which you're self-taught, right? I, yeah. Okay. Just have to make sure we say that on the podcast. <laughs> um, because it's insane how oh. amazing his self-teaching is. I second that. Um, I've been teaching myself guitar for about 10 years now and I haven't really gotten that far. Um, Anyway, but Ryan met me every time with the most generous space. Um, And it sounds kind of like (laughs) ethereal, (laughs) but I am such like a task person and like let's do this 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 and uh and I also sometimes will feel often feel very rushed in creating Mm. and um Ryan just has this very calming presence and um it was so I, I felt like every time we got together to write it was just like I could exhale Mm. and then just wait and just let it be. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but also, oh, that's cheesy. Um, <laughs> but it was just like, I mean, what a gift, mm. truly. What a gift that was for me and um, to just have the space to write. And it was like one of those dreams too, because we were just talking about being afraid that things suck all the time <laughs> when you when you make them. And I was like, I felt like I could offer things and there were no failures. Like there was no, I saw a clip the other day about Matt Damon talking about how you have to put the bad stuff out there in order oh, to like so get to the good, good stuff. Yes. And it's like, I, I just felt like you offer such, you offer such a space where that I could do that, where mm. it was like, I could get through the really bad ideas for lyrics <laughs> And then we could bounce things off of each other and again, sit in silence for like 10 minutes at a time, just thinking mm-hmm. and considering. And it was just the best thing ever. So Ryan is not only a brilliant songwriter, he's also very generous in the process of creating. I hope you're that generous with yourself because <laughs> what a gift. Again, it was for me as a collaborator, I was like, whoa. It was just not something that I have experienced much. So mm. thank you. So anyway, thank what you. person, place, or experience has shaped <laughs> most creatively? Oh, man. Now that we know that it's, it's Rachel. Me, but <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, gosh, I just, pull, there's so many things I pull from. I, I think I, I pull from my dad in some ways. Um, just... And it was so funny, you know, I just took it so for granted, my dad being like, here's a whole orchestral arrangement that I've been working on and making. And like, you know, I'm 
like five or six or however and just being like okay <laughs> like whatever and then like i f- i went back in like mid late teens going into college and i like i listen i'm like oh no like this is actually like great this is like fan this is fantastic um but you know like with your parents especially with their occupations or some of their experiences you just kind of are like oh well i guess like that's normal and then like you get out in the world and you look back and you're like oh wait no our experience (laughs) is very um specific um but like just being able to see uh the way um he just lived as an artist in general um really helped shape the way i saw an artist's life um i also though he would be turning my ear to all sorts of things in movies like our whole family loves movies but like movie scores especially he loves a good horn part and he will let you know when there's a good (laughs) horn part going on on screen and so so yeah we'd be um you know we're watching all of these classic movies and i like in particular like indiana jones was just like i just went like so hard for indiana jones um and uh like, he'd be like, just listen to this fanfare. I'd be like, yeah, I hear that fanfare. It's so cool. <laughs> like, John Williams just so good. Um, and, like, I feel like my dad really in a lot of ways, uh, whether or not he knew it, whether or not I knew it, like, was the catalyst for me diving into all of the other artistic mm-hmm. mediums. Because also, like, he loved movies and he loved music and the way that it worked in movies. And we're watching, like, Singing in the Rain. And he's just, like, just digging into all this jazz. And he's like, wow. And so now I'm really paying attention to that. And so now I'm falling in love with musicals and also movies and acting. And now I'm watching the actors and their performances and also seeing how the music, um, like, interpolates with that and like it's just like so um yeah he really just kind of like started me off on to to have the eyes and the ears um to catch what most people don't Hmm. see or hear wow shout out to dad shout out to dad love that so much love steve he's the best that's really cool what a gift to Mm -hmm. be able to answer that question my dad my dad. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Oh. He's really cool. We love you, Dad. Love um, you, Dad. Okay, so last, but certainly not least, question. Mm-hmm. Um, what, speaking of, yes. what book, play, or film do you think every person should read or watch? Oh, my gosh. Book, play, or film. Dun, 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 dun. Indiana Jones. <laughs> It's Indiana Jones is a great time. I have a very personal experience <laughs> with the Indiana Jones movies. I know that's not everyone's and it's not, I, that's not the one that I would be like, everyone must see this. <laughs> Can you imagine? That'd be awesome. Um, uh, but honestly, Indiana Jones is unreplicated and like, the, like no one has been able to capture Indiana Jones like Indiana Jones has that feeling of adventure. And uh, anyone who wants a good adventure romp done like the best way, there Indiana is. Jones. I'm not sure that should be my answer for this. It feels much it's more a important. Side answer. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's my plug for Indy. Yeah. Um, oh gosh. I honestly, and it's and it's a 
it's such a random film. Um, and But it had like such an effect on me uh, at the time and it like continues to. And I'm giving like such a long preface for this. Like I, like it's also been so long since I've seen this movie. Part of me is almost like, I'm afraid like it might not be as good as I remember it, but maybe it will be. But the curious case of Benjamin Button. Oh, I love that movie. It is such a beautiful exploration uh, and just like almost like a meditation on life and death and aging and like what makes a life, what makes a life worthwhile, especially when you have like this main character, Benjamin Button, who is, he is aging backwards. So he's like born like an old elderly man and then he like so he's like 10 years old and looks like he's 80 and then like as he gets older he grows younger um and so there's very much this really quick like first of all he's introduced to just like very adult things very early on because people assume that he is an adult so you have this sort of like weird sort of um like things don't match up and but then as he's he's just very aware that he has a time limit um, to his life and you see him like working through that. And it's just like, it's beautifully shot. Um, The music is stunning. It's one of my favorite scores I've ever, ever listened to. Like Alexandre Desplat, he's a French uh, composer for a lot of film scores, but the, the whole score has this like very soothing, but almost like this old grandfather clock, like consistency in the beat and in the movement. And it's, and it's so interesting where it's like, it's comforting, but it's that comforting sort of reminder of time where it's like, it's still there and we're still moving and mm. like, like it never stops. Yeah. And so like, how do we cherish what we have and what, what does a life look like? You know, that's lived well. Mm. that's very good so movie night at our house to watch live it up <laughs> watch benjamin button i haven't oh seen gosh. it really i know i'm such a kate blanchett fan too yeah so I was about to say, that's I, really surprising I know. it's iconic i've just i haven't seen it yeah i remember seeing it back in the day like mm-hmm. i haven't seen it in a very long time right but i remember seeing it and being really affected by it too in a like it's a film that stays with you. It's yeah. like after the film ends, it's one of those that you're like, okay, I'll be thinking about this for the next week, right. you know, like right. <laughs> yeah. really thinking about it and pondering it, which is some of the best films mm-hmm. out there, you know, yeah. are, are those kinds of movies that stay with you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember when we, you and I, uh, you were like, I need you to see my neighbor Totoro. Oh my gosh. I was so passionate about, LB seeing My Neighbor Totoro. He kept being like, LB, we have to watch My Neighbor Totoro. And I was like, okay, Ryan, we'll watch My Neighbor Totoro at some point. <laughs> and then eventually I texted him. I was like, hey, I'm free. Do you want to watch My Neighbor Totoro? He's like, yes. Yes. <laughs> so like he came over to our apartment and we watched My Neighbor Totoro. And that was one that stuck with me for a while. And I was just like thinking about it a lot. And mm. I think that those films or scores or pieces of art that attach themselves to you and stick with you are ones that I, I believe we should all revisit Mm -hmm. because obviously there is something that touched something in you that you need to go back and see 
again at a, either a later point in your life or whatever it may be. Because yeah. you might watch uh, Benjamin Button and it might not hit you the exact same way. Right. But it might strike a different chord in you, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Truly. So revisit. Revisit. Check it out. I love it. Ryan. Um, where can people find, okay. Can you tell us where people can find your music, mm-hmm. where people can follow you on social media and anything coming up that you want to share? Oh my goodness. Um, well you can find me on Instagram at done with the puns. Um, the best I love it so much. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I did it in like late high school when I got an Instagram and yeah, it's it just, never going just away. it can't leave <laughs> now. Um, also my dad is just king of dad jokes. So like we just got to keep you it going. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, there's, there's some music on there that I like, I throw a lot of just like music ideas out sometimes just mm-hmm. on the internet there. Um, and that's kind of my primary form. I've got a SoundCloud, but it's like, there's not really anything on there yet. Um, you can also find my entire life performance of a seasonal playlist on YouTube. Just look up Ryan Dunn, a seasonal playlist, um, green room 42. You guys, I can't emphasis enough. Emphasis? emphasis. I was ready. I, I was about to say emphasis. something, but I really I cannot. <laughs> but that's that's gonna be We're here forever. Lunch yes. After this, and I feel like maybe my blood sugar needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot emphasize this enough. Wow. <laughs> it kind of you know lost <laughs> the gusto there. Yeah. Well, please, we cannot emphasize this enough. Please go and watch this performance on YouTube because it is. I mean, it's just beautiful. Epic is the word I would use for it. Yeah. Uh, Truly epic. You will probably cry. Along with all of us who were in the room. Yeah. (laughs) It's, yeah, it's stunning. Also, just a real quick thing. Mm. Ryan named the the seasonal playlist is kind of like Ryan's brand. Yes. Because he makes these epic playlists for every season and they're they're on Spotify and Apple They're music. They're on Spotify right? and Apple Music. So it's I I will particularly if we're if we're plugging, I'll plug. Um I will particularly plug my summertime playlists. Yes. Um you can you can I guess like look up my name, but also look up summertime spelled because <laughs> I started this in college. S U M M A T I M E. And uh I'm I'm like working on my ninth one now. Like I've been doing this for almost nine years. It was just like a way of sharing the music I love with my friends. And then since then I've kind of branched out and I'll do like autumn and I did one winter playlist, but winter is sad. So I didn't do a lot of that. Uh, and then I've done like some spring, but it's, uh, summer is every year all the time I go hard. So I love it. Check it out. Looking forward to this year's. I was about to say, I'm, did I check last night? Yeah, Yeah. I did. On on, oh music, on Apple Music in preparation, so we're uh, yeah. we're all ready. We're all ready for it. Yeah, um, Ryan, we love you. Thanks love for being on the pod. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, thanks so for exciting. being here. You guys, thanks for listening, and we will see you guys soon. Thanks for listening to the For the Makers podcast. To find out more about Seated Productions, you can visit our website at www.seatedproductions.com and follow us on Instagram at seated.productions. 
And if you love what we do and want to support us, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or by following the link in our podcast description. Until next time, listen well and tell stories.